Welcome to the BMJ podcast. I'm Duncan Jarvis, multimedia editor for the BMJ. Now, this is a slightly different episode for you. What we're going to be doing is introducing a brand new podcast aimed at hospital doctors called Doctor Informed. It's sponsored by Medical Protection and features the Healthcare Improvement Studies Institute. I'm joined on today's pod by two of the hosts of Doctor Informed, Clara and Jenny. Uh, hi Duncan, hi Jenny. My name's Clara. I am a General Surgical Registrar uh, in the northeast of England and I'll hand you over to Jenny. Hi. Hi everyone. I am Jenny Burt. I am Senior Social Scientist at the Healthcare Improvement Studies Institute at the University of Cambridge. So I figure everyone knows what Clara does. That's fairly obvious for our audience. But uh, Jenny, what does a senior social scientist at a healthcare improvement studies institute do? So I worry all the time about how we can improve the quality and safety of healthcare by studying how to improve the quality and safety of healthcare. So I'm a health services researcher and I work on a whole range of different topic areas which are all focused on just that aim, how we can do things better and have better outcomes for staff and for patients. Fantastic. So, Clara, we've been working together for a little while at the BMJ and uh, the idea for this podcast came up. And perhaps you could tell us a little bit about uh, the sort of genesis of this. What, what did we think about what doctors in hospitals wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, so I suppose when you asked me to do this, I scratched my head for a good long time about what uh, hospital doctors all have in common, because uh, we really like to divide ourselves into camps. And I spoke to a lot of people, and anyone that knows me will know I like to speak, um, but I also had to listen as well. And one of the things that people kind of kept saying was as they became more senior as registrars or as consultants um, was that the clinical stuff that they learned at medical school and as part of their training was important but that was becoming the sort of easier bit to do and the harder bit to do was the interpersonal skills kind of having to have one foot in a management camp they are things that we need to know how to do better in a very practical way. And I think sometimes there isn't a massive dovetail between important skills, applying it in a practical way. Um, so I wanted this podcast um, and I think people I spoke to wanted this podcast to actually be useful um, in that in that respect and provide people with information and resources. I was surprised when we were talking about this, how little training you get Um, knowing that you have to go in and at the end of your career as a consultant manage a ward and organise teams and things just how little practical training you get about that uh, during during your time yeah I mean I think for most specialties to CCT uh, certainly for the surgical specialties a half day course is enough that's what you have to have take it off done Um, and yeah. So by the end of this podcast, we'll have done at least the time of a half-day course, <laughs> if not more. Now, Jenny, um, with that quality kind of hat on that that you wear, how much of the stuff that you know you look into when you're you're looking at 
um, at these hospital systems is about what Clara just talked about teamworking, you know, interpersonal skills, all those kind of things. Is it actually that big of an issue? Yes, obviously, is the short <laughs> answer. The longer and slightly more academic sounding answer is that conceptually, when we think about high quality safe care, which is respectful for patients, we typically, and many of the listeners may well be familiar with this formulation um, of Don Obedian, where we, we think about structure and we think about process. And actually, when we're studying this very complex field of healthcare, we are considering both of those things all the time. So what is going on in relation to funding and staff and training and the building that you're working in and the equipment that you're having to use? but also fundamentally what is happening with all of your processes, the kind of softer, fuzzier things that are sometimes harder to get our, um, our head around understanding. And we talk a lot when we're studying these areas around norms and values and behaviours. And all of these things play out absolutely crucially in terms of what's happening in the delivery of care. I think one thing I want to flag that I will probably probably be championing all the way through is while in this we are hoping to help individuals I do want to emphasize that it's not all about putting our attention on individual professional behavior and saying that as individuals people need to be sorting things out we need to be understanding that actually our major focus is around systems as a whole and individuals are obviously one part of that system a very important part and a part that can engineer changes within that system. But just to always be emphasising that when things go wrong, very occasionally it is because of one very particular individual mistake, but so more frequently it's a combination of all of those factors that I've mentioned. So I think that the the challenge in my role here is to be constantly trying to think what can you be doing as an individual and what do you need to be thinking at a kind of system level that you might be wanting to change. This conversation reminds me of some conversations that we have in our other podcast series, uh, Wellbeing, where we're trying to help doctors survive in the current system, especially in the NHS at the moment with COVID and everything. Um, And we're trying to give them some practical tips on on how to improve their own well-being that they can use themselves, while also talking about the, the systems of medicine and how they're undermining well-being at the same time. And it's an interesting balance, but I think that makes for, for some interesting conversations. So what are some of the kind of key themes? We talked a little bit there, Jenny, about some of them. Um, have we got any sort of key episodes that uh, you're looking forward to doing? I'm looking forward to doing loads of things on this podcast because I can't wait to just be jumping right in and speaking to people and and really trying to get to grips with with some of these major issues that we've talked about. So some of the things that I know we're going to be chewing over together are, are things like why is it really hard to speak up about patient safety? We have seen this become a very dominant narrative um, in debates at the moment around the challenge of of being able to speak up. So looking forward to unpicking some of that. Um, Looking forward to thinking about, you know, for example, around 
well, it's always been done like this. Um, so how do I how do I do it differently <laughs> if everyone tells me it's always been done like this? And and certainly one of the major things we study, for example, is how you de-implement things so you can re-implement new things. So those are a couple of highlights, I think, for me. Uh, and I can see Clara was already uh, getting ready to make notes on those things. How about you, Clara? What else are you uh, you looking forward to? Yeah, I think as soon as I hear somebody say, oh, no, but we, we just don't do it that way or we've always done it this way, I immediately, I can feel my heckles going up. Um, so as soon as Jenny said that, I was like, yes, tell me, how do I debunk that? <laughs> I think some of the stuff that I am particularly interested in is... I think functioning as an individual in that system that Jenny talked mm-hmm. about. Because um, sometimes you can't change the system and you just have to be like, okay, the system is how it is. I can do little bits here and there, um, but actually what can I do as an individual to mitigate this um, and to mitigate it for my patients? Or can I? And if I can't, what levers do I pull? So, you know, the structure of and the bureaucracy surrounding the NHS, um, <laughs> I think to a lot of doctors feels like a bit of a black box. Uh, you think... I'm watching a car crash in slow motion. You know, how do I press the brake pedal? Who do I tell about this? Who do I report this to? Um, So having a bit more of an understanding of that. Um, And I think some of the interpersonal stuff. um, So obviously Jenny's mentioned culture. Often culture starts because maybe someone says a thing and then someone else starts saying that same thing and actually being able to say "Mm, maybe what you said wasn't totally acceptable Mm -hmm. or maybe I didn't like the way that that came across to me being able to do that in a professional capacity and not get labeled as like a difficult person or a problematic trainee is really really hard um so people just don't do it and then I think that's probably how those cultures kind of you know grow yeah all those power dynamics that go on in in teams and things yeah very interesting but certainly when we've studied that for example clara you know we've seen some really amazing strategies the use of humor uh, for example amongst teams to sort of really gently point out when something's gone wrong in in a in in a much more caring way so we see good examples out there we see people finding ways to do that without as you say sort of generating that confrontation or that bad feeling which can then escalate yeah and I think you know that's the kind of stuff that that's what people want to know that's what doctors want to know they want to say okay this has happened how do I fix it um because that's how our mind generally works we're like here's the problem what's the diagnosis how do I treat it we're quite simple creatures I think most of the time (laughs) Um, now the last thing I wanted to talk about was the name doctor informed Clara that was your idea so where does that come from um, so Doctor Informed is, a, is an adage that I think in some form most uh, doctors who have done ward work will be familiar with and it can be used for lots of really relevant things like the patient's blood pressure has dropped or the patient needs some more paracetamol but it's also <laughs> I suppose used to represent any time that the responsibility has been passed on to the doctor and I think what a lot of doctors realise as they come out of medical school and start training is that a lot of stuff that you maybe didn't realise was your problem or your responsibility is suddenly your responsibility. Um, So I think when we talked about this, Duncan, I gave the example of when I once got called on a night shift to say that a nurse had found a parakeet smuggled into a patient's (laughs) toiletry bag. Uh, And when I went to review the patient, it just had written, patient smuggled parakeet, 
doctor informed um and I mean that's that's quite funny and that that you know fair enough wasn't that difficult for me to work out how to deal with but I think those issues become bigger and bigger and bigger and you suddenly realize that's your problem and you need to fix it um so I suppose it was about a lot of those things the bigger things um but also the smaller things that um you end up kind of having to take ownership of Well, Doctor Informed is going to be out on the BMJ podcast, plus its own feed, starting uh, very soon. So make sure you have a look for that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. I'm really looking forward to uh, to hearing what you come up with. Uh, thanks, Clara and Jenny, for joining us today. At Medical Protection, we're different. With no financial caps or limits on the protection we offer members, we take a discretionary approach to providing assistance. This flexibility lets us help where other providers may not, treating cases on their individual merits and adapting to a wider range of situations. As a member-owned, not-for-profit organisation, we exist to support your professional interests and protect your finances, career and reputation. Our doctor-to-doctor support and advice can help you navigate the way, whatever lies ahead. Plus, the number of times you contact our helpline won't affect what you pay for protection. If you're a consultant solely working in the NHS, that price is just £549. Isn't it time to get protected and practice with confidence? Join today at medicalprotection.org slash UK.